Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Because it's a dog's life with pet and cannabis expert Angela Ardolino. Learn the best holistic practices from top pet industry professionals and listen in on why CBD might be a whole different animal for your best in show buddy. Here's your new best friend about pets, Angela Ardolino. Hey everybody, it's A Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino and I'm excited today because I am here with Dr. Angie Kraus and she is from Boulder, Colorado. She is a vet, a holistic vet there in Boulder, Colorado, which I love how much uh, we have in common. A, I went to the University of Colorado in Boulder, Colorado. It's also where um, I went when I hired a cannabis consultant. Um, I went with the person who opened the, I guess got the first license in Boulder, Colorado. And um, since he was able to do that, then he became a consultant instead. So he, uh, they taught me everything about the business. That's where I learned everything. Um, I guess practical, uh, you know, putting everything I learned at the University of Vermont into practical, uh, you know, for humans. And, um, and then I was the one that was like, well, why can't we do that for animals? Or why don't we do this for animals? So Boulder is very special. And so, and then on top of that, your name is Angie. (laughs) So it's like, I think I discovered you because of course, I, you know, do a deep dive into the internet all the time looking for any vets that are working with cannabis or full spectrum products. And I spent a lot of the time in California since it had been legal there for so long. Um, and then started looking um, and I found you and I was like, yes, awesome. She's got a good name. She's in a good place. I got to get this lady on my podcast. So Dr. Angie Krause, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I would love just to hear a little bit, um, if, if it's possible, of when you knew you wanted to work with animals and wanted to be a vet. And and then that, I love for my listeners to understand that, you know, you don't, you don't get to pick a holistic vet school, you know, it's, <laughs> no. it's just a vet school. So To find, you know, people don't understand why it's so hard to find a holistic vet. Well, a holistic vet gets out of school and then has to go learn on their own, under their own expense, all of the holistic remedies and and everything else that's out there that they don't learn in conventional vet school. So that's why most of the vets I have on here are holistic or integrative because I just respect and love how much... uh, how much passion goes into it and effort and time and energy. So thank you so much. Tell us, how did you know you wanted to be a vet? Well, when I was three, my mother brought home two black kittens from the Humane Society. Uh And I had a little boy that I named Pinky, obviously, when you're three. And um, we took the cats to the vet and I walked in and I just knew this is where I wanted to be. Awesome. Just, I knew, and um, I loved my animals growing up, and um, I knew that's what I wanted to do, and so that's what I did. Awesome. And where did you go to vet school? Texas A and M. Awesome. And so you got out of vet school, and did you get out and go? You know, they didn't talk anything about this, or I know where do I learn about that? 
did you, was that kind of like what, how did you know you wanted to be a holistic vet or that there was more? Well, I had my own health journey to go on. So when I was 17, I got diagnosed with mono. And then quickly after that, I got diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. And at 18, uh, my general practitioner told me I would probably just be tired for the rest of my life. Oh my gosh. And that was a really heavy thing to experience as an 18 year old woman. And I just knew there had to be more. And so I struggled um, in my undergraduate with my health and um, I gave up sugar and everything got better. And that's when I knew that there was more. And I grew up in a family that was really open-minded. So I think I already had that fertile ground um, to maybe question what I was being told. And I was amazed at how my health quickly turned around just by giving up white sugar. I did nothing else. Right. And um, I've suffered from some autoimmune disease since that I can always reverse with diet and in Chinese medicine. And so I've done all this for myself. So does everybody hear that? That (laughs) many autoimmune diseases um, uh, can be reversed by diet. And the same thing goes for our pets. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Um, And so I, I got out of school and I was actually doing physical medicine. So I was just doing um, canine rehabilitation and it was really fun. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be a legitimate rehab vet, I should do acupuncture. And I went to get training for Chinese medicine and I like accidentally fell in love with it because I just thought I'm going to learn how to do acupuncture for this orthopedic pain. And then I discovered this whole system of medicine that made me a better veterinarian. And as I went into general practice, um, I started using it and it was amazing to have like, I always have kind of like my Western traditionalist and I have my Chinese medicine list. And it's amazing how often they really are married and you can't pick them apart completely. And um, I used Chinese medicine to help myself and um, I've now used it for 14 years to help my patients. And um, so that is my journey. That's amazing. And you, so are you from Boulder, Colorado? I'm not. I grew up in Kansas and then I went to school in Texas. And when I was in, um, in vet school, there was a group, we had like a holistic medicine club and it was something that wasn't supported. And I think at Texas A&M now, they're so much more supportive of integrative therapies, but it was the anesthesiologists, the board certified anesthesiologists that were doing like acupuncture under the table. Awesome. And they knew it was working for pain management. Um, but it was something at the time that just, we couldn't find the support for. So you just felt like a total rebel. I think times have changed a lot. And so I think the veterinarians going through school now are so much more open than yeah, they, other they generations. Are. So how'd you end up in Boulder, Colorado? So when I graduated, um, my husband at the time was working in Houston. I was like, we've got to, I've got to get out of here. You know, I, I'm a liberal and I lived in Texas and I loved Texas, but I was just like, okay, this is, I've got to get out of here. I was like, we can either move to Austin or we're going to Colorado or California. And so we, we chose Denver and then we quickly moved to Boulder because I realized these were my people. This is yeah, my place. very cool. Yeah. Boulder's a beautiful place. Um, so it's so funny. It cha- it has changed. It's gotten so big, but it still has that wonderful small town charm. Yes. Um, so let's see. When 
did you start hearing about cannabis and uh, CBD and hemp extract and all that for pets or for yourself that made you go, hmm, because I would think what I find is that a lot of vets, holistic vets that are working with Chinese medicine, it makes sense. It's it's where um, it was discovered. You know, it was when it was first used in animals was in Chinese medicine. So, you know, it was removed and now we're putting it back in. So, you know, when we talk about how it works with the body and how combinations of different herbs uh, have a synergistic effect, those that practice Chinese medicine are like, yeah, it's just another wonderful plant. It's true. Yeah. When did you like first go have that aha moment and start looking into it and going, okay, this is important. Well, um, after marijuana became legal in Colorado, my clients just started talking to me about it because really in Boulder, most people are using marijuana for something either recreationally or medicinally. And when it became legal, I think everyone felt like they could talk to me about it. Good. And, you know, I didn't know. I I did not use marijuana at the time. And so I did not know um, anything. And so I thought I better do some research. And so I started looking into it. Um, I didn't even know um, the difference between hemp and marijuana at the time. I mean, we don't learn these things in vet school. We just know that THC is toxic and how to treat THC toxicity in dogs. And so, um, and obviously Boulder is a great community and there are a lot of great resources here. And so I just started reaching out to people that grow marijuana, that own dispensaries. Um, And then I started looking into the literature um, and I started to realize like, oh, this, this is amazing. This could be really great. And so I started using it in my practice and then I started writing about it. And then it's just, um, it's become a really big part of my practice. And I use it all the time. I use it for myself. I use it for my family, um, my own animals. And um, it's been really exciting and the most potent herb I've ever used for sure. So we're going to take a short break. I want to talk about how you've used it and how it's helped you and some of your biggest success uh, stories that you've had at your practice when we come back. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right, we are back with Dr. Angie Krause. And so uh, what year are we talking Like, How many years have you been using uh, cannabis medicine in your practice? 
Definitely since 2015. And then I think I started using it pretty heavily in 2016. And what did you start using it for, for yourself? And what kind of benefits are you seeing from it? For myself or for my patients? For yourself. Oh, I started, I finally, probably a year and a half ago, found the perfect dose for me, which is a lot. Um, And I use it for sleep and I use it for anxiety. And what I noticed for me, I actually stopped taking it for a few months just to see if it would be a permanent change. And then I noticed I started waking up at three or 4 a.m. and I yep. couldn't go back to sleep. <laughs> and then I started taking it again and then I, I can sleep all night again. Um, but I noticed it just levels out my thought quality. Um, so it's, it doesn't make me feel sedate. Um, it's not like taking pharmaceuticals. I just notice that throughout the day, my thoughts are less anxious, probably by 50%. And it just That's makes That's what sense. I always tell people. They're like, you know, what am I going to feel? And I'm like, honestly, you're going to get through the day and you're going to go, wow, I didn't want to kill anyone today. Or <laughs> yes. you know, so-and-so didn't get on my nerves or I don't even remember traffic being bad. So it really yeah. does lift that, you know, where you would normally go all the way up. It just makes you kind of, it makes you more compassionate. It makes you more empathetic. It's just a, it's just a wonderful, wonderful plant. It is. Um, I, I take it for the same exact reasons. Um, and I have rheumatoid arthritis, which, you know, at THC kills cancer and a lot of these bad things. At THC kills cancer and a lot of these bad things. So it's kind of like, you know, it's the only thing that battles sugars better, you know, uh, better uh, natural medicine to fight those types of things, pain, things like that. So I want to know about if you can remember your first big success using cannabis medicine where, because I know you probably experienced what I felt, which is, okay, I know the science. I know what it does for me. I know it's not going to hurt them. Let's do this. But you, um, it's almost like a miracle when you see how quickly animals respond to it. So like, tell me about the first time that you're like, all right, I'm doing this. It says it works. I'm doing it. And, and what happened? Let's see. I think there are a handful of cases that I can remember. Um, I think one is that I had a, a little Westie. I think he was 11 years old and he had been diagnosed with a brain tumor and he was having seizures and, uh, I cannot remember if he was on anticonvulsants, but they came to me and they said, I, I want to use CBD. And I was like, I, I don't think this is going to work, but I just think we should try it because w- what do we have to lose? It might help some arthritis. It might just make him feel better. And he never had another seizure. And I thought that was amazing to have a structural lesion um, and have CBD be able to um, lower that threshold enough to um, make him seizure free. So that was amazing. And of course you saw the seizure stopped and were you like, okay, well, let me make sure everything else is okay. Because of course there's, everybody is so worried about liver enzymes rising and that, you know, that it's going to damage the liver and all of those terrible story, news stories that are out there. So you were like, okay, oh my God, this is amazing. And then what did you find? The, the dog was doing great. So this was actually before that we knew that, well, so in the, the liver enzyme story is a little bit tricky because in these studies that we found 
um, that are elevating liver enzymes. We actually don't know how long they elevate them for. Um, and they were using a pretty high dose, which I sometimes use, but not very often. And so I actually, in my practice, don't appreciate liver enzyme elevation. Um, and I do check for it in this dog. I, at the time I didn't even, that wasn't even on the radar. Right. Um, and I haven't noticed a lot of my patients are on CBD, of course. Um, and I, I don't notice, um, any, any difference in my own like clinical practice. Right. And just like, uh, Dr. Krauss just said, um, you know, they were using very high doses. If I remember, uh, they were using isolates. Um, they were also, it was a pharmaceutical drug, which uh, I can't even remember now because I can't keep track of what everyone's doing anymore. Yeah. But um, I know that you're a believer in a full spectrum product and a whole plant product and a product that is not over-processed um, is, is the... So when we're looking at that, I don't pay attention to it either because I know the difference, but I get questioned all the time. So that's why we say it. And then we don't, I mean, compare it to a pharmaceutical drug and what that does to, you know, the rise and the uh, liver enzymes. So, right. you know, if we're going to compare apples to apples, well, you know, that's anything that goes new into the body, the liver is going to respond to. It's a matter, does it keep it up there? And then, yes, if we're talking about a geriatric dog that it's going to save its life and stop seizures, I think it's uh, probably the best option to go with. Um, right. what, are, what are some of the other things that you've um, had successes with? A lot of anxiety. Um, I've seen so many dogs' lives completely changed with CBD. And I think the core is that we actually don't appreciate how anxious our dogs are. And for a lot of patients that I've started on CBD, either for anxiety or for other reasons, um, people notice a huge difference in their attitude um, and their um, attitude towards other dogs, um, towards you know kids in the house, towards stressors. And so I would say that there are a lot of dogs that have had completely life-changing um, results. And what are some signs of anxiety that your patients aren't even recognizing in their dogs? Um, I think a lot of facial expressions, the way our dogs hold their face, um, like their tight lips or their yawning or, you know, just maybe they're licking their lips. Um or their body language or, you know, and it's like, we all want to hug our dogs and, you know, and some dogs love to be hugged, but I can't tell you how many people that I see, they'll take their dogs in and they just kiss them. And, you know, the dog, the whole time is like, I'm just putting up with this, but we, right. we stress out our dogs we and do. it's hard for us to, to recognize, um, some of that stress. We do. Um, I know biting and licking the paws is sometimes an anxiety, um, that anxiety is happening, but yeah, when you remove anxiety, that means they can sleep better and they're just overall better dogs. But yeah, that's, we see that all the time. It's like, oh, anxiety, that's easy. And we're in Florida. So we've got thunderstorms in the summertime every afternoon. So we are, you know, dosing everybody every single, we have I'm here at my house. I have a rescue farm. So right now we've got nine dogs. So I think just about everybody gets it except the duff dogs. They don't hear it anymore. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> kind of a nice blessing. Um, those of you who are just that are listening and not um, viewing this uh, wonderful podcast with Dr. Angie Krause, 
she has a wonderful wall of dogs behind her. Oh, dogs and kitties. Of so beautiful. Um, so you guys should check that out. It's so cute. Um, so uh, anxiety, seizures. Have you had any um, success with cancer or IVDD or anything like that? Yeah. So I, I have used it for IVDD. I always use other things with that too. So it's never alone with IVDD and it's never alone with cancer. Um, and that's what's, with that's cancer. what's so tricky. Right. Yeah. Well, I know it works well with other Chinese herbs because it's like an adaptogen and it works really nicely. So what, what else do you do with cancer? Um, I usually use, um, I'll use vitamin D. So I'll get a vitamin D test and I will optimize their blood levels. It's important to not just um, supplement without knowing um, what's there. And I use um, mushroom supplements awesome. and a lot of diet. And But CBD is great um, for dogs that are going through chemo. Um, it helps increase appetite and it just makes dogs feel better. There is some preliminary research um, it's not yet, we don't have anything in dogs yet to show that it does um, fight cancer in at least the lab setting. I'd love, I'd love, and hopefully we'll get there because there's such a demand. I, I do think we're gonna see the data expand, especially for dogs. Um, they'll start using um, more CBD uh, to treat cancers and hopefully we'll get some data on that. Awesome. All right, we're gonna take another short break and we'll be right back with Dr. Angie Krause. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right, we're back. It's a dog's life with Angela Ardolino, and I'm joined today with Dr. Angie Krause, who is a veterinarian, holistic veterinarian in Boulder, Colorado, who uses um, cannabis medicine in her practice. Um, do you find uh, that a lot of patients come in and they're using it themselves and want, and then go, oh, well, if it's good for me, it, it'll be good for my dog? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. That's, That's definitely... I wish I lived in a state like that where, you know, everybody was like, hey, this was wonderful for my arthritis. Can I give it to my dog? And then to be able to find a vet would be even nicer. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, do you get a lot of people that are coming to you because you are so um, skilled in using cannabis medicine? I do. I do get a lot of people that just want to know, hey, can you look at my pet, look at their history and tell me what dose of CBD or do you think CBD could be helpful? And then how, what do you tell your patients when you're, um, you know, you've got a dog that is suffering from seizures? Where did you, what do you suggest now after having so much experience? How do you, what, what do you tell them to dose them? 
So dogs that come to me that have had seizures, um, if they're already on anticonvulsants, I don't take them off anticonvulsants. Usually I just add on CBD and I start with a half of a milligram per kilogram twice a day and then work up slowly. Seizures are tricky because you have to um, kind of blow through some seizure intervals, if you will. So if someone comes to me and says, um, my dog's on phenobarbital, but still having seizures every two weeks, and I don't wanna add another anticonvulsant, I wanna try CBD. I'll say, okay, we're gonna leave the phenobarbital and then now we're gonna start the CBD. And so we have to wait the two weeks. And then, so if the dog has a seizure, then I work up and up and up. And then it's important, I also monitor the phenobarbital levels because there's some, some concern that the CBD might actually enhance the phenobarbital levels in the blood. Mm -hmm. I have yet to see that actually happen, but I do check um, as I'm increasing um, CBD. And so that's how I work through. Now, dogs that come to me that, you know, maybe they've had one or two seizures and um, it's not, they're not in a, a really dangerous situation. Then I also start with a half of milligram per kilogram and then work up. Once I get to two and a half to three milligrams per kilogram twice a day, I don't think CBD is going to help. If they're still having seizures, then um, it's probably time to do drugs. And the other thing, um, if they're just having repeat seizures um, and they're starting to cluster up, then it's definitely time to use pharmaceuticals because by that point, we can actually do more damage by not using them and it's harder to um, get off of them if in the future. Yeah. And so it's that's so funny the seizures I the hardest part with CBD. Right. I, it's funny because I get them on, I don't get them at the beginning. I get them at the end. So I got dogs, you know, here in Florida, I get the dogs that they've given up on and they've tried everything and they don't stop. And then I get them and I start from scratch and I'm able to stop them with a full spectrum product, but a lot. Mm -hmm. um, like for instance, I had an 18 year old Chihuahua that was having grand malls seizures and she'd have like four a day and I was giving her a hundred milligrams of full spectrum and she wouldn't have any of them and was running around like a puppy. So it's, it's so, and then I'll have another, it's like the older they get the, of course, the more deficiencies in their endocannabinoid system they have, but the older they get, I feel like the more they need um, because they have so many deficiencies, but um, I always get them at the end. So I love hearing what happens in the beginning. You know, what is the options there in the beginning? So if I were a patient and the, my goal were to get my dog off of phenobarbital, would, is that a possibility? Have you had that? Success? It is. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It takes some patience right. for sure. Um, because we're waiting because when we take those drugs away, um, and if we just take them away cold turkey, a lot of times we just cause more problems. Right. And so we like to get a really long seizure-free interval. And, awesome. and that does happen for dogs where we can start backing down. And so sometimes dogs will be on three medications and CBD, and we've you know gone six months to a year without a seizure, and then you can back down. Awesome. Um, I think people get into such a hurry with seizures that they kind of shoot themselves in the foot. And it's, it's just like slow and steady. People come to right. me panicked and they're like, I don't want to use these drugs anymore. And I, 
And I say, okay, we're going to get there, but we have to be, you know, we cannot, we have to work with your dog's body and, you know, and you that's right. Take- and that goes for even the, um, the people who are doing just CBD and not the pharmaceuticals. Like we have people, the dog has the first seizure and they want to just do full spectrum. And we're like, okay, but understand you still have to find your dose. You know, they think right. one dose and they're never going to have it again. Or what often happens, they don't have one for 30 days and then they have one and they start panicking. So people need to understand that every single dog is different. What they're on, what they're not on all has an effect. You can't just pull them off. You know, people are always asking me and I'm like, I'm not a vet. You have to have, you have to talk to your vet about that. And then of course, what's so difficult is that most people can't talk to their vet about it because the vet doesn't know anything about cannabis medicine. Are they able to, um, are our listeners able to um, consult with you or talk with you? I know that you have a beautiful website, tons of educational material. Thank you so much. Um, It's really nice to have another vet that we can go add to the list, which we're doing. I hope you're okay with that. Yes, Um, thank you. Because there are so many vets who don't know anything about it. Um, We have at least a person contact us once a week that says, my vet says C or cannabis or THC is going to kill my dog. And I know that's not true. What do I do? So thank you for being another voice out there since 2015. Thank you for being so brave and not ignoring this wonderful medicine. I'm so glad it's helped you. But can people... um, like call you, get a consultation with you to just talk about, um, cannabis. Yes. Yes. So they can go to the website and they can, um, there's a place on there that they can um, book a consult. And so I, um, my nurse Claire can help them pick out a product and, um, do dosing and, um, kind of guide you in the, in the right direction. Awesome. And what is that website? Tell us where they can all follow. follow it's boulderholisticvet.com. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Angie Krause, so much for joining us today. I really appreciate all the work you're doing. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.